0: You're listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. Hey, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our Weekly Update here on social media. Thank you, as always, for joining us. The cold winds of winter and corruption are blowing here in Washington, D.C., and in Fulton County, Georgia. Uh, Some big updates there. Fannie Willis, evidence or evidence of Fannie Willis' corruption, the prosecutor. Uh, targeting Trump down in Fulton County, uh, plus, uh, and it involves what's happening up here in Washington, D.C., in terms of the uh, Biden White House and the Justice Department. So I'll talk about that. Uh, a big Supreme Court fight has been joined this week further as it relates to the uh, left's attempts to turn America into a one party state by removing. Trump from the ballot, plus Judicial Watch has an important new lawsuit over uh, documents about the corruption of Joe Biden, the illicit targeting of Trump, and uh, the deep state efforts to undo uh, and interfere with our election. So I'll talk about that as well. Uh, First up, I'm disappointed, I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed that uh, Speaker Johnson worked with uh, the majority of Democrats virtually every single Democrat in the House uh, to pass a continuing resolution or a series of continuing resolutions uh, that have the effect of fully funding everything that Joe Biden is doing at least until March you heard me there you heard me right everything Biden's doing using your tax dollars for to move illegal aliens to your hometown and throughout the nation by the millions Fully funded by the House Republican Congress. Using your tax dollars to try to jail, as we're talking about repeatedly here on this program, President Trump on trumped-up charges, election interference, abuse of process, abuse of power in the Justice Department the FBI and throughout the land targeting Trump. Fully funded by Speaker Johnson's leadership team and uh, the Democrats. Censorship of Americans, fully funded. So the Biden border crisis, the effort to jail Trump, all of that fully funded by Speaker Johnson. Now, the thinking Speaker Johnson would have you believe is that, well, now that there's this continuing resolution, we can get back to regular order and that uh, uh, there will be a series of appropriation bills where we might be able to get the policy issues that I'm talking about in terms of the defunding of uh, these abuses that I've been highlighting. Uh, And, you know, we've heard it before, and, you know, it's just like the same old, same old. And and I've talked about this before in this very spot. Let's play that video where I'm talking about the, the outrageous funding of the Republican Congress of the effort to destroy the republic. Why is the Justice Department's fake investigations of biden being funded by congress without aggressive oversight and the abusive investigations of trump and the election interference being funded by trump without aggressive oversight andor, and or quote defunding i couldn't hear i don't know if you could hear it thankfully we had the um the subtitles up you know that's the question and i think that's a question you should continue to ask your elected member of congress now, the numbers who voted for the continuing resolution include virtually every Democrat in the House, and 107 Republicans voted for it and 106 uh, Republicans voted against it. So that's where things stand. The Democrats seem to be running the House, which, you know, may be a good thing depending on your point of view. But it's hard to believe that Republicans who are complaining about the border invasion, including Speaker Johnson, would just go ahead and fund it. With no reason, I think ra- uh, no reasonable expectation that things are going to change next time this issue comes up for a funding fight. So that's the challenge we face. Uh, we've got this, I, what I believe, failing leadership on the Hill. I think only 18 senators voted against this continuing re- continuing resolution uh, to uh, keep the government open. And and allow the Biden administration to use tax monies to undermine the Republic. I mean, you know, in my view, you can have funding fights that uh, don't necessarily require government shutdowns if you win or lose. You know, you know, people argue over tax rates, and you know, not, not maybe maybe not every funding fight is worth potentially shutting the government down over. But I don't know about you, uh, but I believe that. Uh, an invasion of the United States by the millions of foreign nationals paid for with your tax dollars might be worth shutting the government down over. We're trying to jail Trump's number one political opponent. That might be worth shutting the government down over. We're censoring tens of millions of Americans. That might be worth shutting the government down over. That yeah, We're not going to fund that. And if you want to fund it, then... You know, you're not going to get anything funded. So to me, the unwillingness to do that suggests to me they don't consider it important. Because if it were important, they'd be uh, behaving quite differently. So that's the challenge we face. Congress isn't doing what it needs to do. Uh, And they'll say, well, we're doing impeachment. And, you know, they'll try to say that impeachment is just good enough to distract you from the fact they're funding The abuses of power, in many ways, they're trying to impeach Biden for. How does that work? Of course, they don't want to impeach him for the border invasion, or at least they haven't yet. I guess that would be hard to do since they're actually funding his doing it. And even the impeachment, it's, it's going slow. Hunter Biden, he didn't show up, conspired with his father to thumb his nose at this lawful subpoena, goes into a contempt situation. So what happens? Well, they come to a deal, and he's going to come at the end of February. So, I mean, isn't that, isn't that smart? Joe and Hunter mess with Congress, evade a subpoena, don't, don't abide by it. And they buy themselves months of extra time in terms of having to testify to the House about it. I mean, he's not going to testify until February 28th now. At this rate, they'll have an impeachment vote in 2026. I exaggerate, but you know what I mean. So sometimes you know we're supportive of the house doing work to pursue oversight. We're and when speaker Johnson says and does the right thing, we'll support him. Democrats say and do the right things, we'll support them as well. But funding government corruption, I I can't, I just can't support. I just can't support, especially kind of in your face government corruption like an invasion. <laughs> We talked about last week how uh, Fannie Willis's prosecution down in Fulton County, the Democratic politician, she's a prosecutor, but she's an elected prosecutor. She's not appointed. With this unprecedented indictment and targeting of Trump and 18 others, has been compromised, as if it wasn't already by politics, but now it's been compromised by significant allegations of uh, personal corruption by Miss Willis herself, who is uh, accused of improperly hiring uh, an inexperienced lawyer to serve as special prosecutor, and it looks like the only reason she hired him is because she was in an adulterous romantic relationship with them and they used the monies, it looks like that he was able to bill uh, Fulton County uh, to advance the romantic relationship meaning to go on trips. Now those allegations were first made in a filing and the details you know they were made but there was nothing substantive to back them up other than the credibility of the attorney who was quite which which, which, as I said last week is quite high and you know this this whole prosecution has been tainted from the beginning and I and I called it out several months ago I think this video we're going to play is back from August, and unfortunately things really haven't changed that much, but let's play that. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch, President Tom Fitton here. We are in a rule of law crisis with these mass political arrests down there in Georgia. Indeed, President Trump is set to be arrested as well. All of these people, these 19 people, their crime was opposing Biden under state, federal, and constitutional law and daring to dispute an election. There's never been anything that's in American history and officials in Georgia. The federal courts, state courts can't act soon enough to shut this down. On top of that, we've got this crisis up here in Washington, D.C. with an out-of-control Justice Department abusing Trump while protecting Biden. And it's also going on in New York City with the Soros-backed prosecutor trying to jail Trump again on political charges. Uh, can't act soon enough to shut this down, but you can be sure that Judicial Watch is taking this seriously, We've got multiple investigations under FOIA, lawsuits underway to uncover the truth about this terrible corruption. And we're continuing investigations in in Georgia, uh, here in Washington, D.C., up in New York as well. And uh, in response to the brief, or the, the brief filed last week, Fannie Willis, over the weekend, played the race card. She was at a church uh, citing Martin Luther King and suggesting her critics uh, were uh, attacking her because of race, and she made a series of misstatements about the scandal, which were later found to be untrue. Uh, me, uh, the chief, uh, chief among them was that uh, she paid her alleged boyfriend as uh, the same amount of money, if not less, than others. Uh, that she had hired from the outside and that simply wasn't the truth uh, she had paid others from me uh, other outside attorneys less than her boyfriend and then um, it was reported that she uh, uh, her, the special prosecutor Mr. Wade's uh, wife uh, who's in a divorce fight with him uh, sought her subpoena, sought her deposition testimony wanted to subpoena her and she fought back and in the reply Uh, Mr. Wade's wife detailed and attached uh, credit card receipts that kind of blow out of the water. Uh, Frankly, any benefit of the doubt, anyone would be given to Fannie Willis at this point. Let's show those credit card receipts. There you have Mr. Wade purchasing a ticket for Fannie Willis there, Delta. You can see that. San Francisco, I don't think there was anything going on in San Francisco related to the Trump prosecution. Let's go to the next. And there's on an American, Fannie Willis, you see there. Where's the destination? FEE, I think that's in the Caribbean. Where is it? Fort Worth? So that's in Texas. So what were they doing down there? Now, the court in this case has um, asked that Ms. Willis respond to this brief accusing her of misconduct and seeking uh, the relief of having this case dismissed outright. Uh, And her response to that brief has been ordered by the court to be produced by February 2nd. And then I guess there'll be a hearing later in the month. So uh, this case, I think, is about to be upended. And you know the question to me is, I don't think it's really um, I think it's likely that she is removed from the case, and the special prosecutor is removed from the case. The question is, can the case survive uh, this corruption? Is it so tainted, by her misconduct as alleged here as evidenced i think there's strong evidence or there's this f- strong presumption that there's something going on here that would result in all the ca- the cases being thrown out including the case against trump now trump hasn't decided whether to sign on to this but i'm sure his lawyers are looking at this pretty carefully and you know i was thinking about this and when you when you see government corruption and and the, kind of the terrible tar you know the terrible abuses we've been seeing with the targeting of Trump, you know there's this kind of as I was telling Seb Gorka on Newsmax the other day, there's this like meta issue, right? That's this attack on our Republican form of government, uh, to the effort to turn America into a one party state by jailing the number one opponent of the president. In, in his campaign, President Trump taking him off the ballot. We'll talk about that in a little bit. You know, it's all terrible, right? But often with political corruption, you got these like terrible big picture issues. But it's also the corruption also is often underlined uh, by the petty base personal corruption. So in Georgia, you have the corruption of targeting Trump for political reasons. Which is an outrageous abuse of power. And they're trying to make a buck off of it personally in, what looks like, an illegal way. So it's this personal corruption uh, mashed up with this uh, corruption at the uh, this public corruption at the national and state level, which is just awful. And that's often true of and I don't want to say just the left, just like you know, there's almost always Uh, you know the authoritarians that abuse power they're usually on the take they jail their political opponents and they're also taking money on the side and that's why it's sometimes called gangster government and that's what's going on in Fulton County you have this element of gangster government going on and uh on top of that, we have information that this special prosecutor who arguably shouldn't have been appointed to begin with for a variety of reasons, he wasn't lawfully appointed and he wasn't experienced, and he was appointed for corrupt reasons, uh, he was up here in Washington, D.C. So was this all orchestrated in part by the Biden White House and the Biden administration? Oh, you can bet. You can bet. And we also know uh, that they were working with the Pelosi-Rump January Six committee. Now, how does that work? Why is that improper? Because the committee was supposed to be uh, abusing people. <laughs> now, they didn't say that. That's how I'm saying it. Questioning people issuing subpoenas. And the basis for those subpoenas was that they were engaged in legislative activity. Well now it turns out they wanted to get that material to advance uh, criminal prosecutions and that's not a valid function of Congress. It's corruption on top of corruption. I'll say it once and I'll say it again, President Trump is a crime victim. You see it in Fulton County, you see it up here in Washington DC, you see it up in New York. I mean, the judges are, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the judicial system is failing not only President Trump, but the American people in not policing this. Elected officials in Georgia are failing the people of Georgia and the United States for not policing Willis early on. Same goes in New York. And as I said earlier, Congress is fully funding this. They could be cutting off grant money to Fulton County and New York City and Attorney General General's office in New York over their abuses of Trump, but they don't. You know, and it's funny, I go on I should say it's funny, but just so you know, behind the scenes, you know, I'm often talking to people on the hill and You know, my colleagues in the movement were talking about these budget issues and what's important and what what should be done. And I've been consistent (laughs) since the beginning. And some of my friends and colleagues and associates in the movement and on the Hill, members of Congress, they've probably heard me say this a million times. We need to defund all of this. Investigations are nice. It's not sufficient, though. Congress has this unique ability to defund it. And even the investigations aren't as hard-charging as they could be. In fact, they were pretty weak under McCarthy. And I would argue they're still not direct enough now. But we just don't stop. And, uh, you know, whether it be litigation in terms of suing to get access to information about what's going on, or, or participating in the court process directly, Judicial Watch repeatedly stands for the rule of law against corrupt prosecutors, prosecutors corrupt politicians, bureaucrats, or in the case of Colorado, corrupt courts. As we highlighted uh, earlier, and as you may know, the Colorado Supreme Court uh, took action that if upheld would remove President Trump at least from the primary ballot in Colorado based on these fake allegations he engaged in an insurrection and therefore under the 14th amendment uh, he's not allowed to be on the ballot because you can't be on the ballot for president if you're an insurrectionist now that's just wrong as as a matter of the plain text of the constitution because <laughs> the 14th amendment doesn't meet uh, mention the office of the president in that respect and it's wrong in the sense that colorado has no business trying to adjudicate that on its own. And even if it did, uh, as I said, it doesn't apply to the president. So they're trying to steal the vote by keeping Trump off the election and off the ballot. And these are all left-wing judges out there. Now, to be fair, there were liberal judges who said this is too far. I think the, the whole Supreme Court is appointed by Democrat governors in Colorado. So there's no Clarence Thomas or Gorsuch or Kavanaugh or Alito on the Supreme Court out there. But there were, you know, a few Elena Kagan types who were opposed to this abuse. And now it's before the Supreme Court of the United States. And Judicial Watch, uh, uh, along with many others, filed amicus briefs. Uh, this week, and the president, President Trump, filed his brief. And I encourage you to go to the Supreme Court website, look up the docket. I think we can have a, I think we have a link to it, and you can read all the Amicus briefs. But Judicial Watch filed an Amicus brief with our friends and supporters at the Allied Educational Foundation, and the Allied Educational Foundation often partners with us on these Amicus briefs. And let me tell you a little bit about them. They're a charitable and educational foundation dedicated to improving the quality of life through education. In furtherance of that goal, the foundation is engaged in a number of projects, which include but are not limited to educational health conferences domestically and abroad and its partnered frequently with Judicial Watch to fight government and judicial corruption and to promote a return to ethics and morality in our nation's public life ethics and morality in our nation's public life I think that's a pretty good goal I know that's been a goal of Judicial Watch so we filed this big amicus brief opposing the Colorado court decision to remove Trump from the ballot just to bring you up to date there was a decision by a secretary of state in Maine I think is on hold practically speaking That also uh, removed him from the ballot or would have the effect of removing him from the ballot if it was allowed to proceed. Other states have knocked it back, at least for now, including, I think, Michigan and Washington State or Oregon. Well, anyway, you could you could look it up, but uh, a few states have considered this, and you can bet if the Supreme Court doesn't step in, Many more states will consider it and it will be all bets off. Not only will Trump be removed from the ballot, uh, but you can be sure that opponents of Biden uh, will seek to remove him from the ballot under this elastic definition of insurrection the left is pretending applies to President Trump. And, you know, we made the point how your rights are under attack by this effort to remove Trump from the ballot uh, by states unilaterally- uh, in our Amicus brief or our Amici brief with uh, AEF, the legal and national interest is at stake at stake in any proceeding to determine whether a candidate should be barred from running for a national office like the presidency. Are extraordinary. Those interests encompass First Amendment associational, associational rights of members of national political parties as well as the rights of millions of voters to express their political preferences by voting for the party's candidate those interests also include the national interest in conducting elections perceived to be legitimate because they reflect the wishes of the voters the impact of banning a national candidate like president trump from the ballot in one state is felt nationwide as his supporters in every state reassess his chances of winning and the value of turning out to vote for him. Accordingly, any proceeding to remove President Trump from the ballot in Colorado must account for the interest of millions of Republican Party members and voters across the nation if it is to comport with the requirements of the Due Process Clause in the 14th Amendment. And there's another point here I wanted to make here from the brief that isn't in the release. Let me go find that argument in the brief. Give me a second. This is the line I want By any reckoning, the number of U.S. voting age citizens whose fundamental First Amendment rights will be affected by the outcome of this matter is enormous. Donald Trump received almost 63 million votes in 2016 and over 74 million votes in 2020. Note also that the Census Bureau currently estimates the U.S. population as close to 335 million persons. About 262 million of them are over the age of 18. In a recent Gallup poll, 43% of adults identified as Republican or Republican-leaning. Extrapolated to the national population, that poll suggests that perhaps 113 million adults are likely to be Republican or Republican-leaning. A significant number of them may vote for President Trump if he is again the nominee. All their interests are present here. As the court has prudently uh, observed, meaning the Supreme Court, The impact of the votes cast in each state is affected by the votes cast for the various candidates in other states, so that access to the ballot in any one state has an impact beyond its own borders. To be specific, the impact of banning a national candidate like President Trump from the ballot in one state is felt nationwide, as his supporters in every state reassess his chances of winning and the value of turning out for him. And then, of course, you know, what's going to ensue if the Supreme Court doesn't put a stop to this? You know, and and I highlighted the issues at stake here. Let's take a break and go to the video of Mike trying to summarize what's in the brief here. Hey, everyone, Judicial Watch. President Tom Fitton here with a big update. We just filed an amicus brief with the United States Supreme Court opposing the left's efforts to keep Trump off the ballot using their fake insurrection charges under the 14th Amendment. As our lawyers point out in the brief, uh, the left's attack on Trump uh, violates not only Trump's rights but the due process rights and First Amendment rights of tens of millions of Americans. This is a coup against the Constitution, an effort to turn America into a one-party state by keeping Trump off the ballot, and the Supreme Court should just say no to this attack on our system. The United States has an interest in being able to credibly maintain that national elections are decided by voters who are persuaded for various reasons to cast their ballots for particular candidates. Where this is so, the outcome of the election may be relied on to reasonably reflect what the American people want, but this claim is undermined when it appears that the machinations of partisan bureaucrats and lawyers are more important in determining the outcome of an election than the will of voters. And chaos will follow if the Supreme Court doesn't step up, our lawyers allege in this brief. In a basically standardless legal discussion, charges of insurrection can be leveled by imaginative partisans on the basis of many different kinds of inflammatory political actions or speech. Consider Vice President Kamala Harris promoted a bail fund that helped to free those protesting on the ground in Minnesota in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. The protests in in 20 states following that murder were among the costliest in U.S. history, persisting in some cities for months and resulting in at least 25 deaths. Protesters attacked federal property and set fire to a federal courthouse. Protests also caused President Trump to evacuate the White House to a secure underground location as rioters assaulted police officers outside the White House gates. So, did Kamala Harris engage in insurrection and others who supported that those riots in 2020? I would argue yes. I would argue yes. When you look at the language they use to support tearing down society and our government, Kamala Harris should she be removed from the ballot? Discussing an anticipated abortion ruling, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer told a rally on the steps of the United States Supreme Court on March 5, 2020, which I considered the the year of insurrection, and it was the leftist insurrection. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Does that sound like a threat to you? It sounds like a threat to me. If I came up to you and said, you won't know what hit you, you'd be threatened, wouldn't you? He was threatening Supreme Court justices. He should have been criminally investigated for that, in my view. Indeed, his comments were reproved by the Chief Justice of this court, Chief Justice Roberts, as dangerous, two years later, a man was arrested for threatening behavior directed at Justice Kavanaugh. Actually, he was arrested for much more, for attempting to murder Kavanaugh. That's the charges if I recall, it's pending. That's what they incited and continued to incite, incite threats and intimidation directed at the Supreme Court. Is that insurrection? Dare I say it? Yes. At least under their definitions. The court should foreclose this kind of warfare now. We respectfully submit that the court should refuse to ratify these maneuvers to take Trump off the ballot and should instead adopt as its policy the observation that the cure for the evils of democracy is more democracy. If you don't like Trump, run against him. Put out your ads, organize your voters, do what you do in a republican election and i mean republican with a small r the rule of law prevails but it's banana republic stuff if you start taking your candidate the candidates you don't like off the ballot based on fraud charges and you know what if you or let me be clear the left's effort to fraudulently to fraudulently use charges of insurrection that are without foundation to remove Trump from the ballot I would argue is insurrection are these judges insurrectionists maybe all bets are off if unless the Supreme Court takes action and of course you know what I say chaos as if the left thinks that's a bad thing. They want chaos. I mean, we're in a revolutionary period, spurned by, spurned on by the left, urged on by the left, and that means attacking, attacking all of our structures of government, our institutions, our elections. They don't like elections. I mean, they just don't want dirty elections in my view they want no elections and we see that with the attack on Trump trying to jail him and remove him from the ballot and I don't know about you but I think it's worth fighting to have free and fair elections in the United States Republicans on the Hill don't think it's worth fighting the media applauds it A judicial watch will stand for you the american people and voters of both parties who want to be able to decide who governs them who governs them because the very idea the very idea of self government is under attack by the left you know and we saw that with the uh, the attack on self government i call it the soft coup against President Trump with the, uh, f- the impeachment about nothing over that so-called Ukraine phone call, right? Where President Trump was concerned about corruption tied to Ukraine, A, in the interference in the United States elections in 2016, and Joe Biden's efforts to uh, uh, cajole, bribe, extort Ukraine into firing a prosecutor that was p- potentially investigating, if not investigating at the time, his son's company's Barisma, And Adam Schiff manufactured an impeachment against him. Again, based on nothing. And it started in part based on agitators within the intelligence community who, in my view, misstated a call because the call was perfect, as President Trump says, between him and his Ukrainian counterpart related to these corruption issues. And no one wants to investigate these folks who tried to undo the presidency and overturn the presidency, overturn an election and have effect rigged election because that impeachment was about protecting Joe Biden. They went after President Trump for going after and export and exposing Biden corruption that he was right about. And some of the details we weren't allowed to talk to you about, and I don't know if I still can. Like the name of the alleged CIA person involved in this targeting of Trump with Adam Schiff. Because as last I checked, if I, if I say his name on YouTube, they'll take the video down. I'm not even sure what the censors over at Facebook and are doing. I mean, we're on all the platforms, and it wouldn't be an issue on X or Rumble or Get Truth or True Social, or whatever. But I don't want to have the video taken out, so I'm not going to mention the name, but you can look it up. I mean, this is what, last time we talked, we talked about source operatives going to visit this guy in the White House, and YouTube took it down, and I was complaining about it a few years ago. Here's here's the tape. Hi everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with some breaking news. Judicial Watch's YouTube video on the alleged whistleblower was censored by YouTube. It was taken down supposedly because we mentioned his name, even though we just reported on information we had received or observed in government documents, Obama White House Visitor Log. So we talked about all the visits he had and who he was meeting with, but that was too much for the YouTube people and too much for the leftists who are trying to protect the coup. So the video is available on Twitter and on Facebook, so uh, you can find it there. Uh, but this censorship shows you how serious the coup is. It's undermining all of our freedoms, but we'll keep on fighting. Thank you. And it's continuing. I mean, I'm going to have to edit the name here. I mean, you can see the video or see the name in the lawsuit that's linked below. And it's still relevant because Burisma and the connections there are under investigation still. And we're not going to back down. We push back uh, we asked for documents about this guy before, and the government told us, "So well, you can't have anything." I mean, previously we had a lawsuit about what it was the lawsuit for. We sued the DOJ in December of 2019. We sued the Justice Department and the CIA between for communications be, between this guy, whose name I can't mention. We'll call him Voldemort, right? And former FBI agent Peter Strzok, former FBI attorney Lisa Page, Andrew McCade, and or special counsel's office. That was Mueller. In both cases, the government refused to produce records, refusing to confirm or deny the existence or non-existence of responsive records because confirming or denying the existence or non-existence of responsive records would reveal information protected by the CIA act, namely existence or non-existence of an employment relationship between the agency and this person and would constitute an unwarranted privacy, uh, unwarranted invasion of personal privacy. So a man who helped impeach the president who works for the intelligence community, we're not even allowed to say his name on YouTube and the government won't confirm he even works for the government because he has a privacy interest? I don't buy it. But, you know, the courts here are deferential to the government, especially the CIA. When the CIA says this is a secret, rare is the federal court that will say otherwise. But what I love about Judicial Watch is that we are relentless and we don't, we may take no for an answer because we have to, but we're constantly pushing for the information any way we can. And we had asked the Defense Department for records about uh, this person and what he supposedly said to someone else in the White House in the early part of the administration of President Trump. We ask for any and all records submitted by a U.S. military officer assigned to the National Security Council to his superiors relating to a conversation he overheard circa January 2017, which is the beginning of the Trump administration, and at all hands NSC staff meeting between CIA analysts blank and blank. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say his na- their names because YouTube, uh, Google Inc., will censor us to help Joe Biden and hurt Donald Trump regarding trying to, quote, get rid of then-President Trump. So we basically want to know what the Defense Department knew about this meeting because there was a story written by Paul Sperry, the investigative journalist, and this is what he wrote about what had happened. Barely two weeks after President Trump took office, Eric—I can't say his name—the CIA analyst, whose name was recently linked in a tweet by the president and mentioned by lawmakers as the anonymous whistleblower who touched off Trump's impeachment—now, this is the first impeachment. The second impeachment uh, was trying to throw him out of office for daring to question an election—was overheard in the White House discussing with another staffer how to remove the newly elected president from office, according to former colleagues. Sources told Real Clear Investigations the staffer with whom Blank was speaking was blank. Both were Obama administration holdovers working in the Trump White House on foreign policy and national security issues, and both expressed anger over Trump's new American First policy, uh, foreign policy, which was a sea change for President Obama's approach to international affairs. At the meeting, two national security employees, uh, the identifi- unidentified military staffer, who was seated directly in front of these two, confirmed hearing talking about toppling Trump. After Flynn, Mike Flynn, General Mike Flynn, he was then the National Security Advisor, briefed the staff about what America first foreign policy means, uh, this uh, CIA guy turned to his colleague and commented, we need to take him out. The staffer recalled, and the other guy replied, yeah, we need to do everything we can to take out the president. Added the military detailee who spoke on the condition of anonymity. By taking him out, they meant removing him from office by any means necessary. They were triggered by Trump and Flynn's vision for the world. This was the first all-hand staff meeting. They got to see Trump's national security team, and they were huffing and puffing throughout the briefing Anytime Flynn said something that they didn't like about America first. He also heard this CIA deep stater tell his colleague, we can't let him enact this foreign policy. But what? And, you know, that this is no surprise, right? Because this is the way the beep state acted throughout and tried to basically destroy Trump from within for years. Talk about sedition and insurrection. Alarmed by their conversation, the military staffer appeared, immediately reported what he heard to superiors. And and Paul mentions how in November 2019 we reported that among those visiting this CIA analyst ensconced in the White House were several officers in leftist George Soros organizations. And that's where YouTube censored me. And you and Judicial Watch. Now we've asked the Defense Department for these records. Because the he said, I talked to my superiors. So, are there records of him reporting this attack on the president? Why is the Defense Department holding this up? Has there lawsuit details? Oh, I thought we had it in there, but I guess we don't. Well, anyway, they've been sitting on this for over a year. I think they started. They acknowledged receipt in the beginning of 2022. Maybe 23. No, it's 23. And as I note, the intelligence community targeted Trump for removal for daring to question Biden family corruption and election interference tied to Ukraine and Burisma. The Biden Defense Department sitting over a year for over a year on this simple FOIA request, on the deep state targeting of Trump. It's a cover-up, plain and simple. It's a cover-up, plain and simple. But, you know, we haven't forgotten about Burisma in Ukraine. We haven't forgotten about what Adam Schiff did. He's running for the Senate now. He's He's leveraged his work trying to destroy the Republic and attack Trump through impeachment coups into increased popularity in uh, California, which is largely controlled by the left, at least politically. So he's he's going to be, I think he's likely to be the, the, the uh, Democrat nominee or the leading Democrat for the Senate there in the election later this year. So it's relevant to issues about him. He's a politician and what he did on related to the Burisma impeachment was corrupt was designed to protect Biden and he was willing to destroy our republic to do so by removing the president on a pretext for daring to raise questions about Burisma so this is not only about the corruption of the deep state it's also about the corruption of a powerful politician and politicians on the hill Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi and company So we're all supposed to forget about this, right? Trump gets abused. Our system of government is attacked. But let's move on. Let's just pretend the fight is about how much money we want to spend in Washington, D.C. It doesn't matter the politicians spending the money are tearing down our country. that that money is regularly used to destroy and undermine the ability to govern ourselves by giving agencies like the CIA operatives protection to target a president, take him out. Again, this is why I love Judicial Watch. Now, I like Judicial Watch because I'm its president, right? But I like Judicial Watch because these simple FOIAs that we do, and I know they're not simple because not everyone knows how to do FOIA litigation like Judicial Watch, where America's number one FOIA litigator. But it's a relatively simple piece of litigation, given all the types of litigation you could be engaged in, to get access to documents, but uh, documents that oftentimes reflect on and can change, if released, the, his, the future course of the history of the country. And can result in accountability and in the least, should not say last but not least, right? The education of Americans about what their government's up to, both good and bad. And in this case, bad. So if you like what you're hearing from Judicial Watch, whether it be filing amicus briefs to try to save the Republic from the effort to remove Trump from the ballot, exposing the corruption of Congress and taking out a president for doing nothing more than highlighting the corruption of Joe Biden, And there are other important investigations and litigation, whether it be cleaning elections, exposing the Biden border invasion, you name it. There's no one doing more on, on so many issues uh, than Judicial Watch. So I encourage you to support our work. Go to judicialwatch.org, judicialwatch.org. Make a donation and also share the wealth of information you'll see on that website. So other Americans find out about the crisis we face, and uh, hopefully we can recruit recruit them to our cause and our movement, and in the least educate them about where our country is. With that, I'll see you here next week on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. Thanks for listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. For more information, visit www.judicialwatch.org because no one is above the law.